season to be jolly. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Gold Room Podcast. With <laughs> the Gold Room Podcast. With the most festive App State podcast host. I'm talking to you, uh, uh, Big C and, and AJ. Uh, most festive podcast hopes in the App State Industrial Podcast Complex here. Will Strickland, App State Homeboy. Oh, and Santa. And Santa! And Santa, you're right. Uh, we'll introduce the other host uh, after the intro here. Uh, wanted to remind everyone of the secret Santa exchange that we are hosting. Hashtag very near... Or, or, uh, oh my goodness, I gotta get the marketing right. Oh, We're having... Alright, Santa, okay. Don't plan a... Secret Santa exchange uh, right. and then forget the name. <laughs> don't plan an event and don't go. <laughs> Same applies, Santa. Uh, it's We're going to have a very neary Christmas, but the hashtag is neary Christmas. Like, me, like have a merry... Have a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! But neary, neary Christmas. So, uh, <laughs> on our Twitter, uh, the pinned tweet has a link. Go to that Google form. Uh, there's a couple questions on there just to let people know what your interests are. There's like, you know, do you like, uh, what's your favorite sport at App State? What's your favorite store in Boone, restaurant? I like stuff. field hockey. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Field ho- great program. Had a great year. Uh, so fill that out. Um, obviously, honor policy. If you if you sign up and you receive something, then you need to send something as well. But we want everyone and anyone to be part of this. Well, not anyone. I don't want, you know. No co- weirdos. Yeah, no weirdos. <laughs> No Southern fans. Everyone else, I'll even, you know what, I'll even like... Unless they're going to send me a really good gift, in which case (laughs) maybe they can stand. I'll even let the Coastal fans in. I'll let the Marshall fans in. I'll let the Texas State fans in. I'll let them in. There aren't any of those. But but no Southern fans, unless you're giving, you get Parker as your partner, and your gift is $200 minimum. Yes. Right? Did you have anything for that, Santa, or just yes? I'm more real than Texas State fans. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're right here. What do you? I mean, is there any implication that you're not real? What are you talking about? Exactly. Have you ever seen a Texas State fan in person? No, but I've seen Santa in person. There we go. Fill out the form. We'll do a secret Santa exchange. We're going to leave it open until Friday, so this podcast can come out, remind everyone, all that good stuff. And then uh, I'll reach out. I'll let you know who your partner is. You can get that out. Um, and then we'll all, ha- all have a, a very neary Christmas. See there? Santa Claus, except in San Marcos. Oh, the I, song sung by many in San I thought you were actually doing a song, like a, like kind of an underground Christmas carol. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Do you do you have anything else to add, Santa? I've said what I need to say. Uh, no. This is kind of awkward. Should have told me to come prepared with something. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Would have had the elves write me a jingle. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I definitely let them leave on holidays and the weekend. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, I was, Santa, I was about to ask, uh, are you going to bring the railroad workers uh, paid sick days?
Welcome back. You're in the Gold Room. Presented by Will Strickland and Parker Stone. Yo, why was Santa running out of here like like sprinting? He looked stressed. Was he pulling his disheveled. pants up? Or? No, he's actually pulling them down. Whoa, okay. Well, he must have had a booty call to get to because, I mean, I'm not even... I, I mean, he looked like you were talking to him about, like, train workers or something. I mean, there may have been trains involved, you know what I'm saying? Will, how many times have I told you to oh, stop oh, asking oh. Santa about train laborers? You want to talk about App State Sports? Yeah, let's do that instead. <laughs> An eventful few days here <laughs> in App State Sports history. Uh, starting with the Georgia Southern L and last night basketball played, uh, Furman quick shout out. Women's basketball had a really good win over, uh, I believe it was Davidson. Davidson. Yeah. Uh, right at the buzzer. If I remember correctly, uh, the Davidson, they were called for like an at the buzzer and one, but they reviewed it and the ball didn't get off in time and the foul was on the floor or something like that. So we snuck away with the win. So big win, always good to win, uh, to be in an in-state program like that. Um, so shout out to the women's program. We're going to go ahead and talk about basketball first because there's probably going to be more to say about football um, because there's been a lot of activity around that program. Uh, some staffing changes. Um, Doug Gillen ha- had a, a Joseph call meeting. Um, so yeah. So um, what were your thoughts on, uh, on the basketball game? So with basketball, um, it was nice to see that we rallied from being down early. Um, I think that first half was borderline unwatchable at some points with the lack of offensive uh, playmaking. Yeah, super slow. Super slow, not making shots. Furman looked like they were shooting lights out, especially from the three ball. Um, or No, not from the three ball, especially in the paint in the first half. Um, the three ball kind of kept them in in a second. But big takeaways for me is we came back, which was really positive to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Gregory did take over for a portion of that second half, really felt like he kind of kept us in it and kind of kept clawing back and clawing back and clawing back. Um, but in the end, uh, we lost. And I think the reason is we haven't found like a true number one scoring option in that team. It's very clear that Donovan Gregory is the leader of this team. It's not close um, by any means, but Don's not a guy that can score from all three levels. He doesn't really have a three ball. Right. We're kind of looking at for that scorer that can kind of get you at all levels. Yeah. Um, and until that person kind of steps up on this team, we're going to lose some games like this. I think we're, I think that's a great point. I think we're waiting to find the new Justin, the new go to. Down Clutch. in the last few minutes. Because yep. I'm trying to think, not being able to score in all three levels, I think is a great point. I don't know yet, and correct me if you, if you think I'm wrong, if we found that type of guy that, that Justin was good about this, where he'd be at the top of the key and he would just drive. Drive yeah. for a layup. Yeah. And he would, he would navigate his way through the defenders and, and put it up. I don't know if we found that guy yet. Donovan's capable of it. Um. He's got a he's got a good amount of moves. He he's not the playmaker that Justin was, so I don't think he's got the dribble package that Justin did. Um, honestly, right now looking at the roster, the person that I see is the closest 
to being able to score at all three levels is actually Chris Mantis. Mantis has a really good three yeah. ball. He's shown that he's got some good moves to get inside. He's got a good mid-range shot. He's super hesitant. He's super, super streaky. Mm-hmm. He's not yep. anywhere near consistent enough right now. And honestly, it almost looks while he's playing, he, his confidence goes in and out. And you can tell when he feels hot, and you can tell when he's confident. He scores really, really well, but you can also tell when he's not feeling it. Yeah, I think we early on we thought maybe Tyree Boykin would be that guy. Yeah, the, Tyree, the Tyree definitely, I think we've seen uh, clutch factor in Tyree's game we, it's, um, taken it's over. In there. We've seen glimpses. Yeah. We've seen potential. Yep. But it and, seems and like Tyree, we really didn't see at the end of that Furman game. We don't no. know whether he was injured or if that was Kern's right. decision. Not I was going to say, the last few games, it doesn't feel like he's had a big presence. Mm-mm. We saw a lot of Carvel, uh, yep. T-Sit in the last little bit there. Um, Tamel's been getting more minutes. Tamel Tamel seems like he's getting more minutes. We saw a lot of Debaji late, uh, which really kept us in defensively. I mean, Debaji is just a guy that you know he might not always show up on the box sheet, you know, as being a prominent guy. But his presence inside is is always known. CJ too. CJ had a fantastic yeah. defensive game, especially late in that second that second half. Yeah. Um, but I did think it was interesting the the lack of Tyree that we saw. Mm-hmm. Now, Furman is a phenomenal program. We lost them last year, a uh, tough match. Uh, this game I, was more competitive than last year, for Definitely. sure. Um, and, it, you know, there's no, shoot, like a second shout-out of the uh, second name job of the episode. I think it was Big C that he tweeted that there's no moral victories, but, you know, there's something to take away from, yeah. from that game. We were down, was that 32-17? At half, something like that? Yeah, it was close to that. We were able to come back. We, I mean, they were on a drought. Firm was on a drought for a while, mm-hmm. which is weird that we keep an opponent on a drought instead of us being on our own drought. We came back. We were able to take the lead at one point, and within that last minute, it was like a one-possession game right right until the very end. Um, it's frustrating that we, this seems to be Kearns' crutch. The non-conference mid-majors. If you look at, and I should I should go through and check this. If you look at the non-conference schedule since Kearns has been here, it probably on paper looks fine, acceptable, but that's going to include the Warren Wilsons, the Tacoa Falls, the Bridgewaters, the, you know, the whatever schools. But when you factor in the teams that we really should be measuring ourselves against, the Furmans, the Charlottes, the Elons, Davidson's not saying that we've we've played them, but I'm just saying that you know this is who we kind of want to to mirror ourselves. At, 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 you know, are we equal or better than the teams that we're competing with for recruiting and um, potentially non-conference games or potentially in tournaments too? Um, we are we can't get over it. We can't beat them. We lost to Charlotte last year. Lost to Furman last year. Charlotte was a one possession game. Uh, loss of Furman last year. This year, Furman was a one-possession game to like I think literally like the last 15 seconds, something like that. Um, uh, the Appalachian tournament that was a secret little underground tournament that was being ran. Lost two of three. Lost to Kennesaw State and lost to um, who's the first team? Uh, shoot, Kennesaw State. Campbell. 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 Yeah, I, I think we played Campbell recently as well. Campbell's another example. That's a program where we're comparable in terms of, you know, conference budget, size, recruiting, geography, just stuff like that. And we can't be them. You know, when you when you look at your who should be your equals, 
you need to be able to 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 beat them. You know. So so you're you're on to something to a degree. Looking at last year's schedule, lose to Iona, open the year, mm-hmm. beat ETSU in a close one, two point game, lose to Charlotte, one point game, lose to Delaware. Mm. We that was a tournament. That was the that was the Gulf Coast slow hoops. <laughs> the Shout tournament, out. the tournament that no one saw. Right, <laughs> Delaware that we lost to, and we beat Akron. Um, Wasn't Delaware a buzzer beater? No, that was Vermont. Was the buzzer beater that we lost to Vermont? Yes, and it was the last appearance of the gray jerseys that have never been seen. They wore them once. Yes, on flowhoops.com. No one was there to see it because it was on flowhoops.com, which or, I think costs or, like thirty dollars a month or dot TV or whatever. It's ridiculous. remember that one time we were watching an illegal stream of it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Someone we paid some, yeah to we, watch. We paid to watch the it, game. The game on Flow Hoops, and during halftime they just had like. A live camera. Yes, it was just the camera. And we like counted the people in frame, yeah, including the stands and everything. It was like nine, something like that. Um, yeah, they wore them once, and that was it. And then we lost to Furman that year. So out of yep. like our our non conference mid majors, we went one, two. Yeah, we're doing the algorithms right here, live, folks, Three, live hurt, on the podcast. You don't get this anywhere else. The numbers in my brain are are moving. Three and three, three and four last year in non-conference mid majors, uh-huh. and then the year before was the COVID year. The only ones we had scheduled were Charlotte and Bowling Green. We lost to Bowling Green in the home center to open overtime. OT. That was Mike uh, Amonesi's kind of coming out game. Yeah, that's when he popped off. And then uh, we beat, we won at Charlotte, right? Um, that year, and those are the only. I was like, exciting. You know, that was when Delph hit that dagger. And that was, Wait. When, that was when Justin Forrest got hurt. That was big. Yeah, that was which big. put Mike into that the right. starting role. Right. All that to say. And we can we can crunch the numbers in more detail later. Um, that's something that we need to fix. We still yeah. have some non-conference games coming up, so we have an opportunity right now. We don't have to wait till next year. We can do this right now. We can find a solution and, and win these games. Well, we play Charlotte on Friday, which this is going to be a very difficult game. Not only is Charlotte having a really good year, but they're just coming off a crazy win over yeah. rival Davidson. It was buzzer like an beater. overtime buzzer beater. Yeah. So that's just the energy around that coming off that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be Friday night. It's going to be a packed arena. That's going to be a there's, tough, There's going to be a game. lot of people in Halton because that, that fan base has kind of been starving for a team that they you know can kind of rally around finally, and it looks like that fan base has got it. Mm-hmm. So they, they're currently – they've lost two games to uh, UMass, which is – pretty you know good team and they lost to detroit mercy at detroit mercy but um have mercy have mercy in <laughs> at detroit mercy um so yeah friday think anyone's ever made that joke about them before i think every day oh oh sorry um yeah i think friday's gonna be a tough game in charlotte um i think it's definitely an opportunity for a statement game for, it, from it'd be a team. huge win it'd be a massive win. hey as of now we're uh, undefeated on the road ladies and gentlemen two and oh two and oh on the road and what were those teams, Will? Uh, Louisville? Louisville and uh, ETSU, right? Okay. So yeah. Actually, those are probably our two best Listen, wins right now. Louisville may be buns, but it's, you're still, it, just like Texas yeah. A&M in football, they still have dumb money. They still have dumb on branding. Paper, on recruiting. paper, their entire team is more talented than ours. Right. Yeah. So even, like, even just beating like the worst, uh, you know, P5 program is still beating a P5 program. Yes. Because they still have infinitely more resources than we do yes and that's maybe not the case for all mid-majors but for app state yes we are resource starved compared to these programs yeah and i think that's the big thing when you you point out kearns's mid-major records it's it's teams in our own state 
that are similarly sized with similar budgets. Right. Those are the teams we have to find a way to beat. 100%. 100%. Cuz when you when you're talking to a recruit and they're talking to Campbell, they're talking to Charlotte, they're talking to Davidson, they're talking to Furman, ECU. Right. And you're talking to them they go, "Well, every time you've played these schools, they win." And they have basically they're a very similar formula as you in terms of a university and a program. So why should I come to you instead of coming to to them? That's a very valid argument, mm-hmm. especially for people that are from the state. I mean, North Carolina is a basketball state. People pride themselves on going to an in-state school and coming to North Carolina to play. Even like, you know, upstate South Carolina, just being close to North Carolina and getting to play those programs, that's still a great opportunity. So if we're stacking it, it's a similar issue to, to baseball. We have so many great baseball programs in the state. It's very tough to recruit someone that is talking to the other schools oh, yeah. and say that, where are the place? Where are the place to bring your talents? Ba- baseball, baseball, it's even worse because you've got the likes of Charlotte, right? And ECU, and, and there's also the weather element that basketball yeah, doesn't we- have to yeah, factor into. You're playing outside. You've got North Carolina. You've got Duke. I mean, you've got teams right. that are in the NCAA tournament year in and every year. year out, and more than more likely than not, North Carolina will have some sort of representation in the World Series. Yep. And I know that your non-conference play does not. You can lose every non-conference game and make March Madness, but it's going to hurt your seating, and it doesn't look good. Well, that, and that's the big thing is that, you know, were we to go on, our, if we are to go on a run and make the tournament, normally what, where that seating comes in is they look at your non-conference schedule and how you did against teams that also made the tournament. Yep. So, you know, it might look good to the committee if Furman keeps having the year that they're having. Furman wins the SOCON. Furman makes the tournament. You know, oh, a close loss to Furman looks good all of a sudden. But... It's still tough, and you still like you know you want to have those wins, regardless of what your strength schedule is. Yeah, another reason that is important to get these wins, especially early in the year, is fan attendance. I yes. talked about it after the the secret underground uh, tournament that App State hosted. It's like like a pop punk, or not even pop, just punk. Just oh yeah, uh, no, it, it's like a hardcore show. It's yeah. in a basement. Like no one knows it. it's in a Denny's. Yes. What the fuck is up, Denny's? <laughs> That's what was going on in Home Center that weekend. Yeah. Uh, the attendance was bad, and this was coming off the win against Louisville, mm-hmm. and the attendance was bad. Now you can blame that on marketing or whatever, but I've always thought any any product, any service, anything, if it's good, it will sell itself. Yep. Right. If yeah. your program, the Southern Miss right now is eight and zero. Yeah. In basketball, which is weird. I don't know if many people know this. They're eight and zero. They, I'm sure they're going hard on the marketing to to get the word out and let people know, y'all, you you got a great program here. But people that are paying attention, are like, okay, I need to go to this game. Yeah. Now think about casual app fans. You know, attendance at basketball games has been a problem for for decades now. I think it sounds like pretty much since we moved to Holmes, it's been kind of iffy. You have these casual fans, and I'm not using that as like an insult. I'm just saying like students that it's just something fun yeah. to do. They go to the game, and every game they go to, we lose. You know, it's a close game, and we lose. We lose to Kennesaw State, and they're like, I don't even know who Kennesaw State is. We lose to Furman. They're like, I don't even know who Furman is. These casual fans, which are going to make up the majority of your student section, there's no incentive for them to come back. Even No matter how fun it is to watch certain players to play, a loss is a loss. If your team is, you know, five and three, and they they've lost all but one D one game at home, yeah, that's gonna hurt attendance. I will say, 
you know, with a game like Furman, it's it's probably the biggest mid major that we've got in the home center this year. Yeah, I did not see anything about this game on social media. I think... I did not see a push whatsoever as far as like this being a big theme night. Yeah, you know, any push to get students out, and the results showed it looked boring yeah. in those stands. And that's kind of one of those like the the in game fan experience needs to have changed for years. It yeah. is very rated G. It is very like if you're a student, boring. Like because all the music they play is from the 1980s, and your dance cam song has been the same for 90 years. <laughs> you know, I it it definitely shows that there is not a very big attempt to drive student attendance. Right. And if there is an attempt being made to drive student attendance. It is not working. Yeah. And not a lot of ad- adapting has gone on since me and you were students there. That's a great point. I uh, I would say the in-game experience is identical from when I... Yes. Probably 2016 was when I first started going to basketball yeah. games. I have it's not, been identical. I have not seen the dance song ever change. Ever. No. And I can't even think of it off the top of my head, but if I heard it, it would yeah, I heard it. I heard it, the, I heard it the other day, and it, I had a visceral reaction of this is the app state. <laughs> All right, fans, get on your feet. It's time to dance for your diamonds. They've got the Vic card. Dance for your diamonds. <laughs> dance for your diamonds. That's what it is. They've got the Vic, Vic card, card giveaway, giveaway, which is fun, but, you know, it, it would spice it up a little bit. Also, Yosef, if you're listening. Stop giving it to, 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 to babies, okay? Babies don't even eat, bro. They're still they're fighting to, for breath every day. You think they eat food? And don't give it to adults either. Bro, they're, they got money. Give it to the students. Yeah. You know, give it to the yeah. students. It should, a, a giveaway like that, I feel like that should be something that, like, students, like, because that's when you get students doing dumbass stuff, like, making fucking 10-foot-tall Vic cards and, Throwing uh, themselves in the air, like doing dumb shit. Michelle like that. on Twitter has got Vic card earrings. Exactly. Like exactly. that's awesome. So don't give it to the babies because they're they 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 don't need it. They all have whooping cough, right? They they can't eat anyways. And don't give it to the adults because they have the baby, so like they have food money, right? Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> give it to the students because then that's a, a fun way to a have them come back and b just have fun stuff happen. Exactly, and and that that's I think the biggest thing as far as keeping f- students there is, it's there's not a lot of energy in that building sometimes. No, especially for a midweek game, which is a, a part of the problem. That's scheduling tough. these games at six o'clock. Six thirty is a brutal tip it's off time. Awful! It is unbelievably difficult to get pe- to drive people, it's fans, students in general out because yeah. a lot of like a lot of times students like. You're getting out of class around that time. You probably haven't eaten yet. It is yeah, tough to get you to a yeah, that's dinner time. That Especially, I remember freshman year, I think at my last class ended at like five, something like that. So get food, get back to the dorm, chill. If it's a little midweek game against a squad I never heard of, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm doing homework and I'm, I'm watching TV. I'm and doing something you, in the dorm. And then if you were to somehow get to the game and buy food for $900... And sit down, and you're listening. Get on your feet. <laughs> you're like, why? What did I do this for? I just want to remind everyone. I, I'm pretty sure. I pretty sure I told this on the the podcast. When I the last game I was at, as soon as halftime ended, the announcer goes, uh, "And now your App State dance team." As the dance team walked into the locker room, the dance team never performed. 
They never performed it. They didn't like do it later. They ne- no. Oh. No, it wasn't even like oh. later, like in the fourth. All right, now they're back. Right. Yeah. Or like even like, acting like it didn't happen. Just so now your upstate dance team, it just didn't happen. Oh. So that halftime was literally. I was with my parents, and they were like, "Is there something? Is something coming up? Like is something happening?" <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Um, it was funny as hell though. I'll I'll give the guy that. <laughs> no, I think something does need to change around how we uh present basketball in game though i mean if you look at schools that have like really hardcore built out student sections it it doesn't look and sound like us Mm -mm. it's it's a a lot a lot more gets catered to them than than alumni at those schools and it's uh... that's always been my opinion is that you know students are probably the closest in age and in uh they like they like similar things to the players who, in my opinion, should ultimately the in-game experience should be catered towards. Uh, what do you think about the? Uh, I've seen some people per, uh, suggesting that we should move the student section from behind the hoop to along the uh, was it technically the baseline or sideline? Yeah, it's baseline. The, the technical name. Um, what do you think about that? I think that would be cool if we had the students to do it. Right now, we don't. Yeah. Um. I think you can affect the game more from from the kind of like in zone esque yep. area. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool if it kind of wrapped around like towards that right side, kind of mm-hmm. behind the away bench. You'd have to block off a certain amount of rows to do it, but I think that ultimately really cool. But we'd have to see consistent turnout for it to make that happen. Yep, that's where I'm at. I think if you took the average student section crowd size and moved it to those seats behind the away bench, it would maybe, it would maybe fill a f- several rows and it may look, it may be high enough, just high enough to look good on TV, which I think is the big point people are after. See, but if you put them directly behind the away bench, they're never on TV. No, they're, what are you talking about? The, the camera shows both no, benches oh, you're, at all you're times. You're right, you're right, you're right. The other side. Yeah. All right. But yeah. then when it shows, you know, when they cut for free throws and then directly behind the hoop, there's no one there. There's nothing. It's awkward. Yeah. So I think that should ultimately be the move. I think putting them, kind of what you're saying, is wrapping them around to have them behind the hoop and behind the away bench should be the move. But we are nowhere near no. that right no. now. We couldn't even, we couldn't barely have anyone turn out when it was free entry and there was a football game that same day and the town had like 30,000 extra people in it. We couldn't even get people to that game. Well, that's the thing is like App State football is like a cool thing to go and do. Right. We need to make App State basketball a cool thing to go and do. Yeah. Right now, it's cool for us because we're diehard fans. We love the teams, whatever. But if you're a casual basketball fan, like casual college basketball fan, or really just a fan of App but not really into basketball or whatever, there's not a lot of huge selling points for you. No. There's really not. Mm. Especially if you're, especially students. Yeah, I'm speaking like you know, if if you're an alumni, whatever, there might be things that sell to you, but there's there's not a lot that sells to students. Yeah, so I think uh, really uh, overall, in terms of basketball right now, I'm not you know I'm I would say right now I would out of ten in terms of like how impressed I am with the team, I'd say like a six. Yeah, I was gonna say six too, six six and a half. Yeah, there's definitely 
Uh, things to be excited about. Yep. I'm happy about the new pieces you, we added. You can see all of the potential. It's just being really, we got to get consistent with it, put all the pieces together, yeah. and some, some people are going to have to step up. Yeah. The, the improved depth is the biggest yeah. improvement we have. Being able to have a legitimate second fleet that we can send in to there. To say we go 11, 12 deep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something we have not been able to say. We haven't had that. I, I can't think. I can't think Ever. of a time we had that. I can't. And maybe we had time. that, but we won nine games that year. So yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> we didn't really have George it. of the Jungle is coming <laughs> right. in. Right. Dropping buckets. Um, so yeah the game on friday against charlotte make sure you if you can make that game absolutely make that game it's going to be, it's uh, gonna be a lot of fun it's going to be an exciting experience there's going to be a, a bunch of charlotte fans there's going to be a huge crowd at that game i think um and that's going to be a big one if we can pull that off i think that'll be a big statement and it's a rival i mean it's fun to, to play them and last year we lost with forest i remember he went up for a layup uh it's 50 50 whether he slipped or he was fouled but uh the shot didn't go in we lost i think by like one or two points uh so tough loss but it was a really exciting game so it'd be nice if we could you know replicate that and and then win instead of lose hopefully there won't be any sweat on the floor in that that spot hopefully unless charlotte you know if there's some debauchery afoot you know who can say that never with that staff ever (laughs) never speaking of staff dale jones got fired well he was let go. <laughs> King of segways, Will Strickland here. <laughs> put his, oh, uh, put no. a timestamp in the description when we jump to football. Okay. And have it start when I say, Dale Jones got fired. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Write make, that down. I'll make, I'll make Write that down. That. You guys hear him shuffling paper? I don't know if you... Oh my God, he just ripped it. Parker. Jesus, I'm an dude. animal. That's what Dale Jones did when he got the... He went... So basically, they're just not renewing his contract, which is a very, very polite way of saying, bro, you gotta go. Uh, with how with the the speed in which this decision was made, so we lost on Saturday. Season ends on Saturday. He's gone on Monday. Do you think this was no, a, no, a, no? This could it could be, you know, this is a decision that has been made for a while. Well, I was gonna ask. Oh, okay. Do you, was this a Doug Gillen pushed decision, or do you think Sean Clark it led de- this? It decision? depends on the relationship between Clark and Jones. Um, something tells me that's a, probably a very good relationship considering yeah. they've worked together for a long time. Yeah, Jones has been there cumulatively years. for 26 years. Yep. So that tells me that they're probably close. And in most situations where it's a close coach with a close coordinator, normally the AD has to step in and, and say, like, yeah, you got to, something's got to change. And that same day, Clark didn't do his usual press conference and he still hasn't done one. Nope. Which is, which I is think, very odd and I'm weird. I think. A lot of fans are going to be upset, me included, if we do not get a postseason press conference at all. Yeah. If if we just kind of go into the spring and I feel like that's if he doesn't do a postseason conference, I feel like that's going to be such a succinct summary of the year. It's just a a weak move on top of a weak season. Yeah. Like if you can't stand up at a press conference and deal with. You know, we went six and six and we're not going to a bowl game. And I am the person that has to answer for that. That's pretty telling. 
It's also, I mean, you probably are getting the easiest questions any FBS football coach is getting. Oh, uh, no. Between, you know, uh, David Jackson and some of the other people that ask questions, I have, I, I've never seen a coach get handed as many cupcakes as Sean Clark gets. I now, mean, I that, do... that's the most frustrating thing about those press conferences is it almost seems like someone's screening these questions and no one's asking anything tough. Well, it's what I was talking about a few episodes ago, the Nick Saban paradox where the local reporters ask him easy questions because they want access. Yeah. The national reporters do not give a fuck, so they ask him whatever. That's why he only takes questions from local reporters. Real quick, I'm defending my man, David Jackson. I'm yes. defending my okay. man. All right. He was my professor. He was phenomenal. Uh, I think his questions are more focused on kind of uh, prompting Sean Clark for a long answer, something that he can give a a more of a story, more like an insight, not so much an X's and O's conversation. I think that's where David Jackson's focus is on, is that you know, I think he was, and even as a professor, he always like phrased things funny. Like one of the things he said, like, the straw that stirred the milkshake was one that he would talk about sometimes. Like the person that gets them going, ah. the straw that stirs the milkshake. Uh, to to that uh, defense, I would say he does not get that milkshake stirred. Sean Sean, Sean does, Clark does not. Sh- Sean, well, no, uh, David Jackson isn't does, stirring. No, because Sean never tells a story with any of his responses. They're all Dang. they're all like the same cookie cutter carbon copy. Like we we win in this way, and we didn't accomplish that on the field today. That was good alliteration. You said cookie cutter carbon copy. That say that, say that three co- times fast. Cookie cutter carbon copy. Cookie cutter. Co- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone at home, go ahead and do it. We'll pause. Ah, oh, you got you it right it. there you at the end. You oh, can't catch us. Ah, right there. So Dale Jones is gone. Uh, definitely the right decision. Um, I think, I don't want this to sound bitter or mean-spirited or anything. If you're a, uh, not a head coach, if you're a positions coach, a coordinator at a G5 school for 26 years and you didn't ever move up, to either head coach of a G5 or like a P5, which I believe was there for one year. I think he was at Tennessee. I feel like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, maybe you're not, maybe you're not that good. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want that to be mean spirited, but I'm just no, saying, no, it, that's it how this, the industry goes. You people don't normally stay at a yeah. G5 school as a positions coach or a G5. Uh, if, or if, a coordinator. If you are someone of talent, right. you get you get plucked Unless up very they quickly. Are, perfectly content they love where they live they love the program then cool and maybe that's what what dale was on great great i'll give that to him cool but i don't know if that was the case you know what i'm saying i don't know if he falls into that bucket no i don't know if he stirs that milkshake you know what i'm saying yeah good job (laughs) stirring the milkshake there I'm glad that Dale Jones is moving on. I certainly wish him the best. Uh, I don't know if he'll stay in Boone or not. Wish him and his family the best. Um, I saw one conspiracy that the only reason they brought him back was that he would meet his uh, 25 years of public institution service where he'd get his pension from the state. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds fun. No, you wouldn't bring someone <laughs> back for that. That's very bizarre. For, so- for a guy that fun. does not need a pension. Like... <laughs> Um, then what, what, oh, so after Dale Jones, actually, no, this kind of came out simultaneously. So 
There was a Yosef Club call on Monday night. It was with Doug, I think Doug Gillen and just Yosef Club staff. This was just an opportunity for members to just Q&A it, talk about season ticket renewals, this, that, parking, you know, all, all the exciting stuff that members get to ask about. Um, someone asked, can you put an outdoor escalator up to Greenwood? I saw that. And Doug Gillen said, if we're going to spend money, we're probably going to spend it elsewhere, respectfully. Uh, great question, by the way, whoever asked that. I'm well, glad and- you took the time from that meeting to ask that. Yeah, I'm glad you wasted everybody's time because if that were to happen, athletics wouldn't pay for it, campus would. That's a campus parking lot. And why, like, okay, maybe dumb question. I started thinking about, is that a thing? Have you ever seen an outdoor I, have, I thought about that for a while, and I have never seen one. Can you do before. a quick uh, Google yeah. search? Yeah, running through the algorithms. Out. Door. Yeah, I was really, I was like, damn, that's a dumb question. Wait a minute. Have I seen one? Have I seen an outdoor escalator? Uh, so yeah, so that was, apparently they're uh, very prominent in uh, China. Oh. Do you uh, have a picture? Yes, I do. I, I'll try to tweet this out. Someone remind me to tweet the Chinese escalators. Here's <laughs> one that is 10 stories high. What the fuck? That's cool as hell. That's yeah, really cool. All right. You know what? It looks... I want... You know what? It, I, I'm sorry looks, what I just said. It looks alarmingly expensive. I'm sorry about what I just said. Whoever asked about the outdoor escalator, thank you for planting the seed. <laughs> Opening Will's mind to this right. knowledge. And when I'm rich and famous, I will donate the Greenwood Comeboy Express outdoor escalator. You heard it here Comeboy Express sounds like a train. The Comeboy Express... And boy, it's going to be the fastest. You better hang on tight. Because that thing, it's going to be like the Elon Musk Hyperloop, but it's going to exist. And it's going to be real. And not a bad idea. That's right. That's right. So exactly like Elon Musk Hyperloop, except for those no, key no, details. No, 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 Except for those key details. No, you're not even, you don't understand the vision. So on this call, someone asked, uh, you know, are we going to a bowl game? I know there's some openings, like 6-6, six, six pro- blah, blah, blah. And Doug Gillen straight up says, we applied for a hardship waiver, which is the funniest way to say, we didn't get seven wins, but we got two FCS wins, so... Yeah, basically, they they wavered the NCAA, said that they had no other option than to schedule right. two FCS teams because, because of, of Marshall, Marshall realignment. Yeah, which... To a degree is there's true, some there's some but, standing. But there are also teams like New Mexico State who are scrambling to schedule a twelfth team because they had some FCS t- scheduling troubles. They had an opening on their schedule that any number of team that had to schedule two FCS schools could have taken. Right. So NCA uh said no. Yeah. Um we are not accepting your waiver, so you are not meeting the requirements to be a bowl team this year. Yep. And the APR wise, which is basically how um Athletic departments get uh, adjudicated on an academic performance. There are like seven other schools that currently rank higher than us in APR right now. Yeah. So we would not get a bowl that way. So Doug Gillen explicitly said, we're not going to a bowl game. We're focusing on recruiting. So that puts the final stamp on the season. It is over. There's no loophole. There's no nothing. It's donezo. While this is going on, that's when the news first comes out. That Dale Jones is not having his contract renewed, which means he's gone. So he's he's no longer the defensive coordinator. Goodbye. I think it's the right move. Again, I wish him and his family the best, whether he stays in Boone or whatever. Wish him the best. If he goes to Georgia, perhaps. Hey, he loves the state of Georgia. Shout out, Georgia. Um, so move, fast forward to today, right? 
Since then, we've had a couple players announce that they're transferring. And I'll be honest, this happens every year. Players that you don't know, players that I haven't heard of, they've been on the roster for two or three years and they want to go get playing time. Totally cool. Totally cool. Happens every year to the to 15 and 0 champions. Totally get it, right? But then Christian Wells announces he's transferring yesterday. Yep. And that's a little bit different because that's a guy that had production. Right. Played for us this season. Played really well for us, especially in the early season. And he's a name people know. Yeah. That's like, it's not just some random guy like, oh, I'm transferring and I have like six years of eligibility left. It's like, okay, good luck. Appreciate what you did. Go go get yours. All best. Christian Wells transferring is like, oh, you know, when you see that at first, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's weird. Mm. And I think a lot of people kind of panicked a little bit, caught them off guard. But, and I want to get your opinion on this. The more I thought about it, the more I uh, did not panic. The more okay I am with it. Uh, I have a problem with it just because it's a guy that's extremely talented and one of the more explosive guys, I think that's capable of, of creating a, a, an explosive, you know, explosive type of play, um, that got used very, very well early in the season and then stopped getting touches later in the year left and is now kind of making it subtly clear that they were not happy with how things were handled. Right. The reason I'm fine with it is because he's been here for four years and he has two years left. I totally get it. If nothing else, just from a purely human perspective, I get it. If you want something new after four years, I totally get, especially young, just go, go to a new place, meet new people. I get it from that perspective. Totally cool. And from a football perspective, happens all the time. People spend their four years, get their degree. They want to go somewhere else. Cool. No problem. I also don't mind it from a, a kind of a, a micro perspective, just specifically for App State. Because Deshaun Davis and Dalton Stroman popped off this year. And uh, I know Dalton is a freshman. I don't know what Deshaun Davis is. But I can't recall He's hearing his name sophomore. prior. So these two dudes made statement. They had sa- statement seasons. Yeah. And I wonder if Wells felt like next season he was going to get utilized even less. He was going to fall. We got Caden Robinson who joined the the roster from UCF, I believe. I wonder if Christian Wells felt like these young talents were going to take snaps away from him. And that's why he felt he'd be better going elsewhere to to greener pastures. Personally, no, I don't think that's the case. Um, Personally, it seems like there was conflict there. That led to yes. The now hold on. Okay, away. so let's go ahead and get into that. I have a follow up. Uh, so Barstool tweets about we lost Peoples and Wells, one to the draft, the other to the reporter, whatever. Uh, Chase Bryce's burner, which I don't think is actually Chase Bryce. I don't think so either. Uh, at Trap State 2007, he uh, this person tweets uh, could be she. This person tweets Clark lost the locker room. Nobody wants to play for him, and that's now known. I pray I'm wrong, but I have a bad feeling we're going we're going to regret bringing him back. That was today, uh, the oh that was yesterday, the 29th, at 1:33 p.m. Now, if you look at the likes on this tweet, there are three interesting standouts here. We have Jordan Mitchell, App State linebacker, Dorian Pickett, uh, App State football player, and Christian Wells. So you look at that, you're like, oh shit, three players are liking this random ass tweet. About, about how the locker room has been right. lost. Losing the, losing the locker room. Jordan Mitchell, 
Another player, respectfully, I haven't heard of. Uh, he's transferring. Christian Wells is transferring. The other guy, I Dorian Pickett, I also can't say that I've, I've heard his name. So, yes, there's three active people that are actively on the roster that are liking this tweet. However, two of them are leaving, right? And there's what, probably over 100 players on the roster. The other guy has not made a statement, as far as I'm aware. What I'm getting at with this is this could be a situation where, and everyone has been in situations like this, where things aren't going your way. Maybe you have a, a shitty manager. Maybe you played sports and you're not getting as much playing time as you wanted. Everything starts being terrible. Everything about the program starts to get worse. You start getting more, uh, annoyed easily. You start getting frustrated. The people that are getting more playing time than you, you start saying, I'm better than them. I'm better than them. I, I should be getting these snaps. I think that is more so what's going on. If I had to bet my money, I would say that Christian Wells felt like he wasn't getting the snaps he wanted. That's what kind of snowballed into a negative attitude about the program, and that's why he's leaving. No hate, no disrespect. Best luck, best luck uh, to him. Now, this was a situation where uh, active players that are going to be, if Anderson Castle, if White Castle was liking tweets like this, Huge red flag. Because that's a dude that is boon through and through. He's staying with the program. He's diehard. If Kanye Roberts is liking this stuff, if DC Tapscott, our, our young guys, Ryan Berger, if they're liking tweets like that, that's a huge problem. That's a huge red flag. But there's only three players that liked it, and two of them are transferring. I don't, I'm not thinking about that much. So if that did factor into Christian Wells' decision, I think there was more... Uh, that was something that was a problem with him personally not getting playing time, and it evolved into uh, Clark is a bad coach, and I don't like playing for him. So I would agree with you if it wasn't for all of the alums that have come out and openly expressed disdain, not only for how things are going, but also in instances how the offense is going. Thomas Hennigan tweeted that changes need to be made. Right. And then you've got Tanner Rocket posted a, a video compilation of all the times. It was basically a snuff film. It was like an ISIS execution video. All the times this year that we're on fourth and one, third and two, ran the same exact play right and got middle. stuffed. Right the Every single time got stuffed. And he posted adapt or die with it. That's quoted by Corey Sutton, who is one of the best. Graduated, moved on. We can all say one of the best wide receivers we have seen at App State. Yeah. He said exactly should have went back two or three more years with this bit. Which is Clark's, Clark's tenure. tenure. So I think it is very clear that there are former players, current players, players that are in the portal, X, Y, and Z, that don't like Clark's offense. Yeah. That, that whatever system they're running right now isn't working. And that's interesting considering we've had a different offense coordinator every year for every the last, what, last four years? Five years? Four at least. So that means that with different offensive coordinators, Corey Sutton is applying that this is a Sean Clark This is a Sean mindset. Clark problem. Sean Clark wants to run these fourth and one up the middle runs yes. that fail consistently. And then you take into consideration all of the problems that we've had with running backs now for two years in a row. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just don't... I, I would tend to be on the player side in this instance where... If it was my guess, yeah, there probably is some some weird stuff happening in that locker room. But would you say I think losing the locker room is the point of no return? Yes. Do you think it's that bad? I don't know, and that's that's what I don't. 
you know, the tweet saying losing locker room being liked by guys that are all in the portal or irrelevant. I mean, yeah, maybe he hasn't lost a locker room per se, but to say that, that everything's, you know, blue skies and all hokey dory down there is you can't say that. It's very clear that there are bad, there's bad energy there. Yep. To the point where, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is during that Southern game, the players look lost. The players looked like there wasn't a lot of energy. There were, there were moments that game where it didn't look like people cared. The thing about the, uh, in that, that montage that Tanner posted, I think it was the last fourth and one we went for. It was a run out of the middle. And uh, you see Cooper Hodges immediately turn to the sideline, like lift his hands, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and we're not even talking, I realize we're not even talking about the selling game specifically. There was dumb shit that happened. I don't yeah. even know if it's, yeah. it's not even worth well, talking about. I mean, I, I think the big one to point out since we're talking about coaching things that you could point at that were coaching. Yeah. The game is, is ending, the regulation is ending. We get the ball down to where it was. And we're lined up super far to the left, which if you can ask any kicker, if you go for a, an extra point field goal situation, whatever, and you're super close to the goal line, you want the ball to be as close to the center as possible. Right. Because if you're too far to the left or too far to the right, it's a weird angle and you really have to shank your kick to try to get it in. Yeah. So not an excuse for Michael Hughes. Like, yeah, it still yeah, wasn't. You still have to hit that. But we had extra time and another timeout. We mm-hmm. could have centered that ball, ran, you know, taken a play, chase Bryce, boot out, get to the middle of the field and down it there, take the timeout so that he has a more makeable kick. Yep. Why we let that time run off the clock, I, I will never know. And Even if we just ran a, a halfback dive, we had the timeouts and we had time for one more play. Yeah. And we just decided not right, to. Right. Even if we didn't want to attempt a, a, a actual play for gain. Just have Chase or just someone just take three steps to the right and go down. Just send yes. the ball. That's all we that's had to all, do. That's all you had to do. And he his field goal is infinitely easier for him to make. Yeah. And we would have won the game. And we're talking about what bowl game we're playing right now. Exactly. We're talking about the, the rnlcarriers.com <laughs> pizza delivery the flow service. Sports, flow sports, flowhoops.tv.com. Yeah, Dollar General Birmingham Bowl. The, in the second half, this has truly become Coach Clark's trademark. When, I remember when he was the interim coach, there was that quote that came out about uh, we're going to sandpaper their asses, bombs over Baghdad. This dude coaches like he's scared to death. Yeah. Every time we get the ball with a minute left in the first half, we do not go for points. And, and it's almost Never. like it could be things on a bingo card where the announcer's like, oh, App State's got a lot of time left here. All their timeouts. Two let's timeouts. See what, let's see, 40 seconds. Let's see what they can cook up here. And it's halfback dive, right. halfback dive, halfback dive. No yeah. timeouts are taken. Let's go lock The announcer said that. And literally, I'm sitting at home going, no, no, we don't have time. No, no, we're, no not, we're not doing no, that. No, no, no. It's such a weird mentality. And every time it, it, it's... I get why Coach Clark gets away with it because every time it happens, I always tweet about it because it's my biggest gripe with Coach Clark's you know, philosophy. Yeah. Everyone says, well, they say Miami. Well, we, you know, we were playing up. We were playing great. We don't want to get greedy. Risk a turnover. Louisiana. Oh, we don't want to risk a turnover. We're playing. You know, we're, we're close. We'll get them at the second half. Southern. Well, we didn't want to risk a, t- a turnover, and there wasn't that much time, only 38 seconds or whatever. 
you're you're letting him get away with it. Yeah. There's not enough time because he doesn't do it because he doesn't try to do it. Well, and that's the thing is like we have the skill set. We've seen it multiple times this year. You have the skill set to move down the field quickly. Yeah, we fucking scored forty points in a quarter, dude. Yes, like. We scored 40 points in a quarter and then never got close to that offense ever again. (laughs) Ever again. It was like, oh my God, look, we could score at will on people. Let's not do it. Right. And then that was that. And so, so like from that perspective, I understand guys like Christian Wells that left, like we saw the potential Mm -hmm. and then ignored it and said, no, we're going to run the ball up the middle 900 times without the running back. That's actually built for this. And then he's going to mysteriously disappear to injury or I don't like him disease. Yeah, people. And, yeah, people's didn't even travel with the team. No, and so then we'll put Noel in there, and even though he's kind of a run outside kind of scat back Christian McCaffrey guy, let's just chug him up the middle for no right. reason. And people's is big as hell. He can run through the line. Uh, that's what people's he's built to is do. not big as hell. He cannot run through the line, and that's fine because that's not his forte. He succeeds. In the Southern game, Noel succeeded doing the outside runs. We yes. had he had touchdowns off outside yes. run. Well, calls. And it was like, where was this all year? Like, yeah, and that's just like the 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 no brainer. Like, yeah, Nate Noel's an outside running kind of guy. Once you get him to the edge, just let him take off. Yeah, he does it routinely, and it's like only when it's called though. And exactly, we get to the end of the year, and it's like, oh my god, it's it's almost <laughs> like this is what everyone in the world was saying. Yeah, how crazy. Yeah. That Southern game was just, uh, and I knew it. I have been telling you, I've been telling people for weeks, Southern's going to torch us with deep balls. Yeah. And how did we lose the game? Yeah. What was the final play? Yeah. A deep shot to the end zone. As soon as he threw that shit, I knew it was over. Yeah. I knew it was over. Yeah. Our off, our, our defense, that was the worst possible opponent to play. Because Southern, weirdly, was like damn near air raid offense this year. Mm-hmm. They passed like crazy this year. Which is like, you know, props to Clay Helton and what he sure. did in one year. Because yeah. he took a team in one year that had never thrown the ball no. and turned them into that offense in one year. The players he had there were not recruited to do that. Yep. And in, you know, get seven wins. Six, six wins. Six wins. Uh, six wins, yeah. With the potential for seven. But, I mean, that's that's extremely impressive to do in one year. Yeah. So, I guess in uh, in closing, we had to do like an in memoriam of the season. Now, I'm sure there's still going to be more fallout to come. There be, I'm sure there will be some more transfers. Hopefully, no... I've heard rumors that Nate Noel is, is dabbling with it. That would hurt. That would be that would sting. That would be that I would panic. A, a if, yeah. I would panic at that point. No, that that would be you know, Clark. You have to have a press conference to answer for this right level. Yeah. Uh. So I'm sure there's more to come. Hopefully, there's some more staffing changes. I really, really think we have got to look at our O line. We have got to look at our special teams now. I believe our special teams coordinator is also our. Uh, he's an, a position coach. The running back coach? He's he's something. He's another coach. So he won't get fired, right? But maybe just reassigned. Because our special teams was essentially gone. Just not present this year. Uh, someone in our, our Discord, I had never even looked at this. Clay, uh, Clayton Howell, our punter? Yeah. This year was terrible. In his first year, I believe it was his first year, 2018, he had zero touchbacks the entire season. Zero That's touchbacks. Very good. 
This season, 11% of his punts were touchbacks. And his average punt distance dropped six yards. Oh, that see, that that's the one that stands out. That's not good. Yeah. So our special teams, we gave up a lot of big returns. We gave up kickoff return touchdowns. We for some reason we could not kick the on kickoffs, we couldn't hit the back of the end zone to save our life. We cannot flip the field to save our life. It, it's just non existent. So we have to look at our special teams. We have to look at our O line. We've got to look at the strength and conditioning and the and the sports medicine folks that are around. Yeah, we had way too many people go down this year. Something was up with that. Way too many people got hurt. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I mean, those are my top priorities. I think um, some people were mentioning you got to look at, you know, safeties, defensive backs. Who's the staff there? And was that a player issue? Did we just simply not have the talent? Or was that the coaching and the scheme did not fit the players that we had? But either way, I'm sure there's more to come. Uh, not all of it will be good. I know that. And I'm trying to brace for it. <laughs> yeah. The best I can. Um, but yeah. And that rumor about Noel is just, it's, it's purely a rumor. I have no, they would not let me in that building to have an inside source if I wanted one. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you're too negative. You're too negative. True. True. If you ask coach Clark, you know what he thought about. Yo, let's get coach Clark on the gold room. Should we send an email and just see where it lands? We should. Like, yo, have you heard our podcast? <laughs> have you heard the stuff we've said about you all year? Yeah, hey, big fan. Big, big fan. fan. <laughs> big fan. Uh, let's close with this. As of, And this answer may change by the day as more news comes out. As of right now, rate your, out of 10, rate your confidence in Coach Clark as head coach and what he has to achieve next year. To to assert himself as the guy, the right guy. Um, confidence right now is like a four. Okay. Uh, next year to cement that he's the guy, like the guy, like like new contract. I'm here. I'm staying. Ten wins plus. Ten wins. Yeah. I'm uh. Ten wins plus, and you got to beat Coastal and Southern. I think I'm. I'd put it around a four or five in confidence. And I think mine, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a win number, but it is a, you have to beat our divisional rivals. Uh, and I think you got to make the, the championship. You got to make the championship. And I know, I understand that's a tall, tall order coming off a six and six season. Two of those wins being, uh, FCS or seven. Well, I don't even know what we had. Seven. Six. We had six wins, two FCS wins. Yeah, whatever. Six is six. It don't matter. Everyone's going to forget about it. Yeah. I know it's not order to ask that to, to, to turn around and make the title game, but f- fuck. Look at Troy. Look at South exactly. Alabama. They're both 10 and 2, dude. Yep. And fuck. Troy should be 11 and 1, if we're being honest. Yes. They were one. <laughs> they should Hail be Mar- ranked. Which is even crazier to say that we're a Hail Mary away from being 5 and 7. Our best win of the year was the West Divisional Champion, Troy. Yes. Which sucks. Yes. <laughs> I think we have to make the title game. Uh, I think Clark needs to... It, it, I think there's a unique situation. If this was Drinkwitz who came off this struggling year, I don't think I would I would make this you know request that I'm about to make because he's not an App State guy. You know, he didn't grow up in the program and he wasn't born in, in Durham Park like he was. I don't know. Uh, allegedly. That's the rumor. Oh, oh okay. That's the rumor. Oh, rumor. 
Coach Clark, if he is the the Appalachian guy, he always says, no one loves this program more than me. I think, first of all, you need to do like a town hall style meeting. Literally find a brewer, find a local spot, invite people. And of course, everyone's got to be cordial. Everyone's got to be professional. No, you can't act like you're on Twitter, right? Ask them legit questions and Clark has to answer legit questions. Secondly, and I'm half joking, half serious. I need my guy doing the workouts. I need my guy doing the conditioning that our team is doing. Because I think the players need to see that from him as much as we do. If he's the guy, if no one loves App State football more than Coach Clark, he needs to like basically show them that I am paying for our bad year. I am taking the fault of this. I, I am showing you guys I'm going to do anything it takes to make you successful and our program successful. I like that. When they're running up to Howard's knob, God damn it, he needs to be right in the middle of the pack. Now, I don't want to die like having a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Within reason, right? He doesn't need to be bench pressing 400. But do some sprints. Do some drills. You know? Get on the O-line with him, right? Who was that? What was that Browns documentary series? The, the O-line coach that looked like oh, Wallace? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, uh, uh. He said, you think they stormed? You think they stretched before they stormed Normandy? We need that uh. <laughs> on the O-line. We need Coach Clark, no pads, pushing the O-line around, getting them fired up. Yeah. But he's got to do those, like, he's got to do new stuff. He's got to do out-of-the-box stuff to win this team back and win the fans back. I think he can do it. I want him desperately to do it. I desperately want him to be successful. But there is a tall, tall mountain for him to climb. And I don't know if he's going to make it happen, but I hope he does. So that's, that's where I... That's, 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 a good, that's a good little... I like that. Yeah? Yeah. Was that, was that beautiful? Yeah, uh, I mean, kind of. Oh. Um, so, yeah, anything you or... Uh, I heard Santa just came back. Do you... Anything you guys... Ooh! Oh, my God. That was immediate. I came back. For what? We're trying to wrap it up, Santa. I just wanted to say goodbye to all the fans and to remind them to sign up for a very Merry Christmas. What are you bringing me for Christmas? Is your Santa? Fair wages to rail workers! 